ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app where everybody knows your name. At least that was the theme song from Cheers and something that Greg Larnard referenced that a listener shared with him whenever he was finishing up his days in the Lafayette Sports Radio media market when he was with us here at ESPN 1420G. Most of you know is now uh, in Chattanooga and has been uh, doing well over there. Greg Larnard been on with me once or twice since then. I've gone on his show when it when you know the the topic arises where it makes sense. But last time we talked, you know, he he said he had no concerns whatsoever about Aaron Rodgers leaving the Packers. And I said, all right, well, whether he leaves or stays, whenever that, whenever that story comes to fruition, I'm going to bring him back on. We're going to have a chat. And so now is the time. I'm back on the airwaves. It's August the 2nd. It's the Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather. And joining me now is G himself from Tennessee, Greg Larnard. What's going on, dude? Man, it's good to be back, and um, it's it's nice that you threw a little, little shout-out Josh Thibodeau's way. He told me last time we were on the air, he sent me a message on Facebook, and he's like, man, it was good to hear you on the Great Scott Show. You know, I was listening to you when I was driving to work or whatever it was. So shout-out to Josh. I miss him. I miss all the listeners around there. And uh, if Texas Mike is still listening, uh, you know, tell him, tell him to, uh, to give me a call on, in, in Tennessee because I've, I've, I've missed him. Tongue-in-cheek wise, yeah, I really. I mean, this is a stunning turn <laughs> of events here. Uh, Greg Larnard, our guest. Well, look, man, we we got a lot to unpack here, but let's let's. Uh, I, I got to get your thoughts. So, Aaron Rodgers, he stays put. Mm-hmm. Um, you you, I'm sure at this point have kind of looked through the entire. Tell me this, and I want you to be yeah. serious. Was there ever a point where you're like? he might just retire and he might not play this year. Did you ever think that? Because I did. Now, I'm not a Packer fan, but I thought, man, this guy yeah. this guy is – I mean, he's as stubborn as it gets. He might actually do this. I know. I know. There was, uh, there was never really a sense that he would retire, but I will be completely honest with you about this. As confident as I was about this entire situation the whole way through, I will say, like, the week of training camp, when I still didn't hear anything about if he was coming back or what's happening, it seemed like things were getting a little eerie, getting a little quiet. And it was like, Oh no, like I don't at this point, I, a little, a little bit of doubt started to creep into my mind of like, all right, what's going to happen here? Because if both sides aren't coming to some sort of a concession, I don't think we're going to get this thing done. He might just, I don't think he wanted to retire, but maybe he would sit out and not come for a little while. But you know, he was there day one at training camp. He flew in overnight, and as I've been telling everybody, and you can play the sounder if you have it, you probably have to find it, the R-E-L-A-X. No, I'm not going to play Relax. that, but, but, but I will play this one from his uh, first press conference. I love this team. I love the, you know, the fans, and the opportunity to play on Lambeau Field has been uh, a dream come true. To be in my 17th season is really special. I mean – he made sure he was about to say organization. And he he's was. like, yeah, yeah, I love this team. I love the, you know, the fans and the, the opportunity to play. You know. <sighs> Come on, man. <laughs> I mean, the guy, it, 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 it's, yeah, it is what it is, man. His tone and body language. You ask him about his teammates, the fans, he gets excited. You ask him about the organization, the front office, and 
I mean, it's like his whole body language just changes to like, you know, why, why, like, you know, if you ask me about the Falcons or something, it's like, bro, what? And there's, there's still, there's still some, there's still some bad blood there. I mean, there's no doubt in, in oh, definitely. money, you know, can't fix everything because look, they're and together for one so more year. Press conferences. Right. Right. I mean, tell me this. So beyond this year. We're going to see the same song and dance after the 2021 season, or or is this, um, you know, is this is, is he going to retire a Packer? I mean, where how are you feeling about the future now? Well, the way I see it is the Packers have basically this year to kind of show him that hey, look, we've we heard your opening press conference that was like 32 minutes long, and we want to include you in in the decision or at least the conversation, and and that that really is all he's ever wanted and he just wants to feel valued by his employers and that's basically what I've been talking about the entire time with the situation because a lot of people were like oh it's about the money and they don't feel like he's making enough he wants more he wants you know you know a little bit more stability and that was part of it he felt like a lame duck quarterback sort of uh and then people were saying it was about Jordan Love and this and that and it was never about that it was just wanting to feel more valued as an employee and as the most valuable asset on the team, a guy who just won the MVP. And he said he wanted to be in the conversation about decisions that are going to affect the way he does his job. And to me, like that doesn't seem like too much to ask. And, you know, when he spent some time around Tom Brady, I think he's like, Hey, look, like this is what it was like in new England. And then this is what it's like in Tampa Bay. So he's like, look, if I can't have this in green Bay, somebody will give me this somewhere else. So I see the Packers having this year to say to Aaron Rodgers, all right, we hear you. We are going to include you in the conversation. You're not going to be the ultimate decision maker, but we're going to include you in the conversation and we're going to try to clean some things up on our end. If they can do that, then I think he says, okay, I'll come back another year because before they reworked his contract, it was the Packers could basically trade him with no salary cap and implications that think they would just kind of be clear of all the money. Now, if they traded him, there's still a cap hit on that. So it gives obligation for the Packers. It just puts something on the line basically for him, for, for the, for the organization as well. So that's something that he wanted a little skin in the game from the organization. Cause he's putting obviously his body on the line each and every week. So it's this year to sort of change things. And if he thinks they've, you know, made, some changes and he sees the organization going in a better way. I think he'll come back for 2022 and then sort of really real about reevaluate things after that, because he can become a free agent after 2022. And if the Packers aren't meeting his demands or what, what he wants to do or the way he sees things should be done, or at least just in a conversation, then he can go and do what Tom Brady did that is ready made for him to go to the Super Bowl And, and if they don't sign Devontae Adams, then shoot, he can, he can leave right out the door with him as well after 2021. It seems like a long play for control. Um, not full control, but, you know, control that you don't really see yeah. with football players. You know, you don't see it in football. You don't see it in the NFL. But at this point... Not a lot of guys should have that opportunity. There are a couple of guys, and he even said in his press conference, look, I've been here 16 years. I know the organization better than any, you know, basically anybody else that's here right now, except for maybe Mason Crosby, because he's the old man as well. But, you know, I should have some input. I, I, I would be a I want to be a valuable asset to this team becoming better. And just 
being part of the conversation. And, and you're right that not every NFL player should get that, but there are a certain number of guys that should, and Aaron Rodgers is definitely one of those I guys. Yes. I mean, really, to me, it's just you get it if you have leverage, and he's created a little bit, right? Like you said, mm-hmm. like he's got a little bit, you know, the job security where, okay, at least one more year, or he gets the trade he wanted all along if things get messy next offseason. Um, yeah. But then the Packers, on the flip side, they get another year of one of the, you know, best football players on the planet. Um, and if things go well in 2021, they're going to be feeling good about it. I guess the issue is when you start making moves for a player and then they don't work out and the player leaves anyway. But, you know, yeah. it, it's it's something we, we see in the NBA. It's not really something we've seen in the NFL. But uh, but Aaron Rodgers, has he's managed to do it well. We say that. He has set himself up to potentially do it, and, and there was a report, I guess, the other day about Randall Cobb and trades and Rodgers and wanting to be involved and is involved. And um, Yeah, that was I, a good first step. You know, is it does it work out well? Is it good? Um, time will tell. But I thought is, it was a great move. I, 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 I love the Randall Cobb bringing him back, and it's it's, again, it's part of that culture change and just getting – good people within the organization back in here and him and Rogers are really close and Randall's a really good guy done a lot for the, the, the town and the community and the team over the years, over his first eight years. And of course that return he had against the saints, you know, in his rookie season was amazing. Um, yeah. So like, he's just going to be a valuable asset. That's going to, just going to add to the depth and you bring him back and pair him with the new slot receiver. They just drafted in Amari Rogers. That's going to be great too, because um, you know, what, what was, I think it was, you know, Amari Rogers' dad coached him in, at Kentucky, T. Martin, so they've already had a connection. So it just seems like a smart move to bring Randall back. It, again, it adds depth, receiver position somewhere that they've been a little shallow over the years. Um, and it, I, I just think it makes everybody happy. And Devontae Adams, you know, obviously knows him really well, and it was part of the reason why he's probably as good as he is. And, you know, I just I love the move to bring Randall Cobb back. I don't really see a lot of drawbacks, you know, in, in bringing him back. ESPN1420and.com. Well, you know, there was part of me that was thinking, Saints may not win a ton of games this year, but they'll win week one if Aaron Rodgers isn't playing. Now <laughs> Rodgers gets to come in and play, you know, Lord knows who will be quarterback too. But, oh, man, things are uh, – the, let's just say the offseason has not gone that well for the Saints. I mean, I think I think we can all agree on that. And if you're a Saints fan that thinks um, – it it has been a good off season. I have some uh, beachfront property in the Sahara Desert to uh, to show you because I've <laughs> you know I'm happy to I'm happy to lease you the space. You're so generous, man. I mean, I it, it you know I I, it, I, I went from like thinking like, like okay it's going to be a transition. They're thin in these areas. They'll probably still have a winning record. Granted, it might be like nine and eight, but no, I don't I don't think the Saints will have a winning record in 2021. I don't. Who's going to be the starting quarterback? I, I heard Taysom was getting some some reps at the first team. Mm-hmm. I've always, obviously, you know, I've always had the Jameis, um, you know, high you know confidence level in him. But but what is happening so far, training camp wise? I haven't kept up as much as I should. But I did see that Ocho Cinco said he'd be ready to go if Sean Payton right. wanted to give him a workout. I mean, with no Michael Thomas, when you're you're going out there starting Traquan Smith and Marquez Callaway with maybe Taysom Hill as the starter, it's like. Uh, you know, or or with possibly Jameis Winston as a starter. Either way, I mean, the one thing the Saints have is a really good offensive line and a great running back. Um, yeah, yeah, they have three great running backs. No, 
they've got a great running back and a in a and a good running back, and then they've Latavius got Latavius some... Murray, uh, you know, a former Falcon. I, I'm sure you're pumped about that. Until Devontae Freeman makes the the active roster week one, um, no, he's he's not he's not you're, officially you're just a not saint. even. Yeah, you're not even including him as a no. saint yet. No, because he wasn't just a falcon. I mean, he would he would go and lean into the whole ain'ts thing and all that other stuff. So. Of course. But the thing is, the if famous he, so, Sean Payne you know, giving him the choke signal, he's got he's got to he's got to like make the team. And then if he does, I want him to just go off against Atlanta because then it's funny, you know. Of course. But um, but until he makes the team, I'm not no. I mean, you know, let's uh, Dwayne Washington. Let's come on, take care of your reps, man. Go get it. <laughs> you know, I mean, the Saints are out there signing Prince Amukamura, hoping he can do something. They they are Lattimore's probably going to be suspended for a number of games. Um, you know, cornerback is brutal. De- the The middle of the defensive line is 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 not good. Um, outside of Demario Davis, they don't have a linebacker that's that's has me excited whatsoever. And you know they've got a good safety in Marcus Williams. Malcolm Jenkins is, I don't know, something going on like fifty. It feels like it's just yeah. it's not. You know, like but I said, they've got, they've got, a, they've got a, they've got a good offensive line, and a, uh, I, I will say that I was, I'll say they actually have a great offensive line. If you look at it top to bottom, it's one of the better O lines in the NFL. So yeah, that's it is. that that's something. So they got a great offensive line. They have a great running back. They have a, a I won't call him a great kicker anymore. They have a good kicker. I mean, what what else do you have currently? You got a good quarterback in Marshawn Lattimore, but he he's probably not going to be playing the beginning of the season. Outside of that, I mean, no. the Saints have just they have taken uh, some lumps, man. I mean, it's you know Onyemata missing the first six weeks when your D line when Sheldon Rankins is gone. It's it's going to be they're not going to be like drafting first, you know, next April or May or whatever, but. The Saints, they're not they're not going to the playoffs either, guys. I hate to tell you. It's not gonna be it's not gonna just just beat Atlanta twice and I can hang my hat on that. But I'm I am not expecting and look, there's Saints fans right now listening, like, oh Scott, you're doubting Sean Payton, you're doubting this, blah, blah. Just telling you guys, the Saints I, Lord knows I hope I'm wrong, but I am um <laughs> I, I'm I am being a realist here, guys. Just I, I just see Aaron Rodgers in the. If the Packers lose to the Saints Week One, uh, by the way, I'm not putting anything up in this bet, Greg, because okay, because you oh, know I, I, I can't, I can't. I mean, I mean, but but my Nor guess is you. you're I mean, you're pretty. Like, it seems like a lopsided game. My, my guess is you're pretty confident that the Packers are going to win. What put something on the line if they actually lose that game that you'll just have to concede? Oh boy, I mean, what can I do? from here i mean it wouldn't be like that big of a deal for me to wear my michael thomas jersey around because i actually like michael thomas and a lot of people know i actually like the saints so and i'm i i don't think i'm going to do the um oh what was the the, the saints fan video that i did last year i don't think i'm going to be doing that for the falcons uh, this season i'll say that but um gosh what's the thing that i can do Maybe I'll 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 I'll, uh, I'll Venmo you to buy you lunch or Apple Pay you to All buy right. you lunch or I'll, something I'll, like that. Shoot, man! I mean, you don't have to buy me anything if the Saints <laughs> when the Saints, Saints lose. when the Saints. You know, it's just speaking of Michael Thomas. I mean, this guy's got a serious problem. Like, there's something there's something wrong with him. How do you not wait until we waited till June to have his surgery? But the the disturbing part of the story was that 
they all agreed, he and the team, and I don't know how up-to-date you were on this, that he would he would see if he needed the surgery and then he could get a second opinion. And he just mm-hmm. never went and got the second opinion. Just was like, nah, I'm good. Then he gets a surgery like a and ju- type of thing? like, like what? What are you? What are you? There's something I don't. And like, what? What is he unhappy about? He gets the he yeah, gets he gets the majority of the balls thrown to him. He got yeah. the big contract. Like, what's what's going on here? And then you wait until June, and now you need six to eight weeks for the repaired ligament to heal, and then another six to eight weeks to get in shape, uh, where you can run and cut effectively. I mean, he's probably not going to be there until after the bye week. I'm telling you, I am not a happy Michael Thomas fantasy owner. I've got him and as a keeper, and you know, both my I think it was both my big money leagues, and I'm not very happy with him right now. But you know, the biggest problem with the Saints. Tell me why they're put themselves in such a bad way. It's because I'm no longer there. The Saints were perpetually seven and nine before I got there. Not not, there, not they perpetually. The they just they had, they had you know they had a couple seven they had and nine three seasons. seven and nine years before I got there, and then I get there. They start winning games. They're in the playoffs. They do really well. Of course, they don't get to the Super Bowl. They should have in that you know 2018 year, but we leave that in the past. And then I leave, and now there's all these problems happening again. I don't. I I, I think I I figured out the problem. It's gonna be a uh, yeah. Yeah, okay, fine. You take the credit. That just means you owe me even more after week one when the Saints somehow shock us all. Uh, ESPN1420N.com. That is Greg Larnard, the, uh, the, the, the host of The Word with G, now on on ESPN Chattanooga. Uh, he's up there in Tennessee country. I want to get your thoughts, G, after this break about Realignment, Texas, Oklahoma. What the what the vibes been like from Tennessee fans? How they're feeling about it? Uh, talk a little Billy Napier with you, and uh, NBA free agency gets underway later today. I want to unpack a little bit of that with you. Don't go anywhere, guys. That is Greg Larner. We're hanging out here on the Great Scott Show on a Monday. August is here, which means football is here. But free agency starts today. You got the Olympics going on. It is uh, it is madness right now. Major League Baseball, by the way. How about Baez? Huh? How about the Mets? I mean, we can't. We're not going to spend a lot of time on it. But we we come on. We, I mean, let's go Mets. We got to mention LGM just a little bit. LGFM. Don't go anywhere. Great Scott Show continues right after this on ESPN fourteen twenty, ESPN fourteen twenty dot com, and the ESPN twenty app. Welcome back into the great Scott show. The great sports callers open think tank. Greg Lardard hanging out with me this hour, this morning. We'll have open phone lines coming up for you next hour. Dig in. Uh, potential what ifs with NBA free agency. A lot of signs pointing to Mike Lowry. Excuse me, Mike Lowry. Kyle Lowry going to uh, Miami. I know the Pelicans had a whole lot of interest there, but. 
Seems like that'll be the first um, first cut in the onion, which will have a lot of layers in free agency. It'll be point guard driven. Happening later today. Uh, what, what's the like over there in Chattanooga? Like, what's the closest NBA team? G. Who are they? Who are they a fan of there? Well, we are mostly Atlanta Hawk fans. Well, y'all had a hell of a uh, postseason there. They sure did. I mean, they took out my Knicks real quick in that first round, although I was still just happy that the Knicks were even there. Um, yeah, they, they did have a heck of a ride. And look, I, I think if Trey Young didn't get hurt, Ice Trey in that first or in that, that Eastern Conference Finals, I honestly believe that they would have beaten the Bucks because there wasn't really anybody who could stop Trey Young. Man, NBA free agency. Um, you know, Kyle, excuse me. Kyle Lowry, Mike Conley, Chris Paul, top three league guards. Uh, the belief is that Lowry is likely going to change teams, might be um, Miami kind of leaning that way. Um, where do the Pelicans go from there? Um, do you go with a B-list point guard? Do you bring back Alonzo? Do you promote one of your other guys to a starter? I mean, it's just uh, – <laughs> It's going to be fun, man. I don't know. There's some talk about Spencer Dinwiddie. I don't know. I'm crazy about that. Just get some shooting and, and do something because while Atlanta's sitting there making a run to the conference finals and for a moment there when, when you know, the, the NBA finals MVP and two-time league MVP, Giannis Attentacupo twisted his knee. It looked like, oh, my God, yeah. Atlanta's going to go to the finals. And then, you know, they didn't win the series and then – Giannis is a freak, of course, and he came back in the finals and did his thing. But um, yeah, man, I, I you know, you, you see teams like I the Suns Drew and the was Hawks. A big factor in that series. Oh, I thought man. Drew made all the difference in that series. I mean, I know Giannis is going to get all the flowers and whatnot, but Drew was that missing factor that they had been missing the last couple of years, clearly. And you saw from the putrid season that Eric Bledsoe had as a Pelican that Drew Ugh. Holiday was a big factor in them winning that series. Oh, no doubt, ESPN fourteen twenty. So. Happy for Drew. Uh, I, I, how did you feel about the uh, the Russell Westbrook trade to the Lakers? It doesn't. I get that it's a superstar, cool, but it doesn't seem like it's the right fit for. I mean, you desperately need shooters, and you need somebody yeah. that can play the the screen and roll with LeBron. And I mean, Westbrook does a, a he puts up great numbers, does a lot, but he he there's the ball is in his hands the bulk of the time, and he doesn't do screen and rolls. He just doesn't. He does them like as least as anybody in the league that plays the amount of minutes he does at his position. I don't. I, I it'll be interesting. It'll be um, there'll be plenty of uh, eyeballs. There'll be a lot of talk about it, but I I don't think the Lakers got better with that deal. Yeah, it'll be a. Uh... It'll be a Hollywood type of, uh, it was a Hollywood type of deal. You know, like you said, a lot of headlines and you get your three superstars there. And look, Dennis Schroeder clearly wasn't it. They thought he was going to be kind of the guy after he had a really good season in OKC with Chris Paul there a couple of years ago. And, and he really just struggled a lot. And they just needed somebody, it seemed like, to handle the basketball other than LeBron, like a, a true point guard to be able to do some of those things. But you're right, like Russell Westbrook just doesn't do a lot of the new age screen and roll type of thing. Like he's either going to have to change the way he plays or they're going to have to just add around the roster and just get some of those other guys that do some of those other things in terms of the screen and roll, which seems like a lot of what's happening in the NBA nowadays. But you're right that Russell Westbrook 
from a fundamental standpoint, doesn't fit because he's not a shooter. But now it's up to the front office there and LeBron, of course, to go out there and recruit and get guys to surround those three with shooters. Now, you're right, Russell Westbrook, like I said, on the surface doesn't feel great, but I actually really like the trade for Los Angeles. You get, again, you get the guy who's handling the basketball, he gets a lot of assists, and if they put the right pieces around those three, like I said, I think I think that ends up good for L.A. I, I think they would have been better off going the Buddy Heald route, but like Westbrook, he is, when he was in Houston, I mean, he shot more than Harden did. Um, most of his years in OKC, um, he he averaged more shot attempts than Durant. You know, does this guy need to be taking more shots next season than no, Davis no. in 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 uh, in LeBron? I mean, he it's like he needs the ball. Like he's, I'm not even saying he's not a good player. I'm just talking about fit. Like he's never done a lot off the ball, other than offensive rebounding, which he's very good at. Um, but like he's, you know, I think when it comes to like excitement and fast breaks, it's it's going to be great, but. Man, when they get in that half court offense, you know, like I get that that they're used to shooting with guys. You know, I mean, Rondo wasn't a great three point shooter, and Schroeder wasn't either. But it's not like those guys constantly had the ball in their hands either. Um, I don't know. I mean, fit wise, I don't. I don't think it's a great fit. But um, from an you know L A standpoint, a Lakers standpoint, it definitely grabs the headlines, and and we'll see what happens there. But. Uh, I guess I'm sure final, Ronnie's fired up. Final um, basketball NBA question for you: What what are you? I mean, because I, I think I think Lowry's probably going to Miami. But what do you um, what are you most interested in when it comes to this NBA free agency in terms of who, what, where, that kind of thing? Is there one big player name move, or is it more of a a Hawks thing or a Pelicans thing for you? For me, well, it's probably more of a, a Knicks thing. Like, hey, we got some money now. Let's see what the Knicks are going to do to put around Julius Randle because clearly Julius Randle cannot be the best player on a championship-level team. Derrick Rose played, you know, he kind of turned the clock back a little bit, but they just didn't have a lot in terms of guys who could score the basketball or helping Julius Randle out other than, you know, uh, a Derrick Rose. So if they can get some other players in there and some more pieces, and I think the franchise is sort of energized now in terms of, hey, we've got some, you know, we, we got back to the playoffs. You see what kind of buzz there was around the garden, around the NBA when the Knicks are actually good. They, they generate a lot of buzz, and playoff games are sort of different there. And so, you know, I'm interested to see what they do. And I'm looking over the list of free agents right now, and there's nobody that really kind of stands out to me. I guess it'll be interesting to see what happens with John Collins in in terms of the Atlanta Hawks because, you know, he was a, a nice piece to what they wanted to do in their deep run this year, and I think he fits in there well, and, and he's a good chemistry guy. And uh, But I, I don't think he deserves a max contract, so I'm I'm just curious to see what the Falcons or the, the Hawks are going to do when it comes to John Collins and then kind of building around Trey Young, where a lot of the times in the narrative was, we didn't think he could be the best player on a championship level team. And he almost was, but I have a basketball question for you in terms of the Pelicans. What do you think they should do? Should it be a, a Mike Connolly, a, a, you know, a Kyle Lowry, a DeMar DeRozan? And do you like the Jonas Valanciunas move? Well, the Valanciunas move is, um, 
I don't know how much that changes in terms of spacing. Granted, he he had a little bit more of an outside shot than than, than Adams, but he's still not a guy where teams are going to say, "Oh, we have to go and defend this guy on the wing." Um, really, it was it was a move to free up the books and right a wrong that David Griffin made last off season, and it was to free up the books to try to make a play to spend a lot of money on a point guard. And it, again, the signs are pointing toward. Um, Kyle Lowry going to to Miami, and after that, you know, where do you go? Do you do you just offer to name you know rename the Smoothie King Center, you know CP3 Arena, and just throw everything oh, at Chris God. Paul, even at his age? Say, hey, look, come book in your career, come come back where it started, come back home. Um, there, I look Willie Green. All right, I mean, he's probably going to resign with Phoenix and get a ton of money, but yeah. D- it, it, but Phoenix has to worry. They also have to worry about, um, like DeAndre Ayton, right? Mikael Bridges. Like they've got guys that didn't get need to get paid soon. And are they going to want to tie up max money to Chris Paul for multiple years? And if the answer is yes, then okay, they'll they'll just figure out the second part later as far as those other players that are going to have to get paid. But if the answer is no, I, I don't. Everyone say, oh, well, Paul will just go to wherever he thinks he can win a championship. He came close. No, because if that was the case, he would just agree to less with Cleveland. Excuse me, with Phoenix. The reality yeah. is this guy is as a guy that's running, you know, the top representative player rep for for the players union and being the president, he's he he is only he is going to go wherever he gets paid the most money. That's what he's going to do. And if the Pelicans with now Willie Green, who Chris Paul played with in New Orleans years ago, who Chris Paul has had Incredible things to say about, you know, in terms of him as an assistant coach. Chris Paul was very upset when he was with the Clippers, and he said, you guys need to bring him on as an assistant. They didn't. He went to Golden State as an assistant. Um, there, There is a connection there. So uh, do I think do I think it's going to happen? Probably not. But with, with Lowry out, do, could I see the Pelicans with all of that money doing whatever they can to offer it to him? Yeah, I could see them. And, and look, Chris Paul might get that. He'll probably get just a, as big an offer possibly from Philly, to which point, you know, he'd probably go to Philly, if I'm just going to be honest here. Um, but you throw in the Willie Green factor, I don't think the whole idea of going back to New Orleans would, would necessarily play. Um, I think the money would play more than anything else. And if they're both offering the same, you know, do you go to Willie Green and try to kind of do what you did last year with a young team in Phoenix? Or do you go to Philly, who might be more tailor-made to make a run in the East? I, I, I th- I'm not sleeping on the potential of Chris Paul being a major, um, major focus of the Pelicans, especially with again signs pointing. Like there were no secrets that the Pelicans really had a lot of interest in in Kyle Lowry and and signing him and paying whatever was necessary. But uh, the the yeah. more stuff points to. Uh, Miami and, and Toronto possibly facilitating a sign-in trade with what Miami did yesterday with Gordon Dragic and the fact that Woj is reporting that, you know, Lowry's always been intrigued and wanting to play with Jimmy Butler. I mean, that's where it looks like that thing is heading. So I think, you know, if if you if the idea was, well, we wanted to bring in a veteran who was smart, savvy, had, you know, winning pedigree and could help with young guys. Well, guess what? There's another guy out there. Granted, he's a year older and he's probably, you know, it's 
it's dangerous signing somebody at that age to that kind of money, but the Pelicans got to do something because uh, what's happening right now isn't working in point guard is said to be the focus here. And then if that doesn't work, I mean, what do you do? Do you, I mean, the Bulls really want, really, really want Lonzo Ball, but do you just match the offer if you strike out everywhere else in terms of point guards, yeah. you know? Because you, 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 you tend, you know, you, you also, you already said, that you're going to throw the restriction tag on 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 Lonzo Ball and, and Hart, so you have time. You know, Ball could agree to a big deal with Chicago later today, and then the Pelicans have a little while if they want to match it. Do they just kind of take their time and then make a decision on Lonzo Ball after they see what they're able to do in free agency, and then lie one way or another and claim that they, you know, were always planning on doing it or never did? You know, I I, I think point guard is kind of where this thing, and then. When it comes to Mike Conley, I mean, Utah has been clearing up stuff. Uh, Derek Favors, the, uh, I mean, they're, they're, they're clearing up enough cap space uh, to be able to give Conley a deal they think will get him to stay there. I think they want him there. Uh, but then if that doesn't work, I think that's option three. I think the older veteran winning point guard is the focus for David Griffin this offseason. And if he can't get any of those guys, then he's going uh, – plan B route like a Spencer Dinwiddie or bringing back Alonzo, which I know fans wouldn't be thrilled about, especially if it's for a bunch of money. I get it. But I think there's kind of a plan A, which is one of the the, the older veteran all-stars, or it's a, it's a plan B, which is a Dinwiddie or maybe keep Alonzo around, something like that. And then if none of that stuff works, well, good luck. I mean, go figure it out, David Griffin. That's what you're paid to do. I don't know. That was very wordy explanation, but that's that's where I see the Pelicans going today. What about a guy like uh, T.J. McConnell? Does that excite you at all? I think I think McConnell would be a good. He's a good fit. little player. I think McConnell would be a good fit for the Pelicans, um, and I mm-hmm. think I think he is on their list, possibly with a mid level something like that. Um, yeah, I, I see I see that as a possibility, but I don't. You know, Doug McDermott's a guy. Um, TJ McConnell, like they're they're going to be looking for guys that can shoot. Um, I thought I like what they did in the draft. You know, they got a three and D guy. They they've just they need shooting, man. They need shooting in a big way, and they need a point guard. Yeah. Uh, and they need they need a veteran that wants to be there and 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 has a winning pedigree and isn't just looking for the first plane out, like you know, like JJ Redick was. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Um, I you know, obviously I still kind of keep tabs on them a little bit. I I do really like the Jonas Valanciunas move because not that he's any sort of a shooter, but I I watched that guy a lot this last year. He was on my fantasy basketball team, so I kind of kept tabs on him a lot. And he is just a really good player. He can score down low. He's good in a pick and roll situation. He's a great rebounder. Like I think you guys are going to love him there. But you're right. You need to put a point guard in place and some shooters around that type of guy in Zion, and you'll be okay. ESPN 1420.com, Greg Larnard hanging out on the Great Scott Show for a little bit longer this morning. Um, gee, the uh, the Mets, man. I mean, we're making moves. Uh, yes. We're making moves. I mean, yeah, I making mean, moves to put guys on the IL is what we're doing just making, about every day, it seems like. Making, we're making moves, man. Come on, you got to be positive here. <laughs> You know, it's like I was writing about. You just you expect. Is there anything the Mets could do that would surprise you? I mean, from here on out, like this entire season. 
No, it wouldn't surprise me if like they ended up winning the division, which is turning out to be not a very good division in the NL East. Not at all. Uh, because they've spent the most time in first place in Major League Baseball than any other team. It was the first time since 2007 they actually had a winning record at the All-Star break, which is, again, super surprising. But as it's been brought up sort of on my show talking about the Mets here, that you know wouldn't also surprise me if they blew the lead and, and they lost you know, the NL East and they didn't make the playoffs because, you know, in our, you know, not so distant past, the Mets had blown a couple of late leads in the division, missed out on the postseason on very dramatic fashion. And it wouldn't surprise me if they did that, but I got to say, I I love what uncle Stevie's done getting, getting, uh, getting Javi Baez in here. He's an impact bat and he fills in for Lindor. Who's, who's going to be out for a little while now. And, I wish we got a little bit more pitching. I like Rich Hill, but again, he's not a guy who's going to give you a lot of depth, so you still have the same problem where your bullpen's getting a lot of use and it's kind of wearing them thin a little bit. So it's like on days where you have, you know, your main guys going, you know, a Stroman, a Taiwan Walker who hasn't been very good lately, you use your main bullpen pieces and you win, and then you have to use, you know, kind of everybody else on some other days and, you kind of just have to hope for the best, and we're just kind of lucky, I feel like, at this point that nobody else has really taken hold of the division. Now, I know Philadelphia's made some moves, and the Braves have made some interesting moves that, you know, I think have helped them with Ronald Acuna going out that weren't anything that were going to break the bank to go out there and, and get any sort of superstar, but they'd made some, some nice veteran moves because I didn't think they had a lot of depth going into this season, so I thought Alex Antopoulos did a good job doing that with the Braves, but I really like what the Mets done, and you know, I, again, I wish they they added you know another a better quality starting pitcher other than Williams and in Hill, but at least they got a little bit of depth there. They didn't completely just ignore the position, so we kind of just have to wait and see what happens. And Hobby had that big home run the other night, you know, for the weekend, and um, just have to hope that guys start hitting. It's it it Scott. It always annoys me when people bring up the fact, and you hear it on broadcast that the Mets have scored the second least runs in all of Major League Baseball, but you really think about that and put that into context, and you, you know as well as I do that they've had some of the worst injury luck out of any team in the in entire Major League Baseball this year among a lot of injuries that have happened in, in all of baseball. And, you know, you kind of take that into context where they were missing good parts of their lineup basically all year. They really haven't had their full lineup together all season. If they can finally get back together and get it healthy towards the end and hopefully Jacob DeGrom is okay, I'm praying to the heavens that he oh, is. and yeah. Noah's Noah Syndergaard can come back. Uh, maybe they'll they'll finally you know turn it on at the right point instead of losing steam and, and blowing a lead in the division like we've seen them do in the past. One can only hope. ESPN fourteen twenty. All right, G. Um, up there in Tennessee, what's yeah. the what's the chatter about OU and Texas uh, coming? You know, joining the SEC as soon as their TV contract is expires and. A&M's upset, and they're claiming that ESPN, you know, others in the Big 12 saying ESPN is in cahoots, and they made this happen. And blah. Just in general, like Vols fans, that area of the country where you are, what's the vibe about Texas and Oklahoma coming to the SEC? Well, I think a lot of college football fans, you know, much like in the Louisiana area, there are a lot of college football fans, and specifically SEC fans, and we're kind of right in the middle of everything with Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, kind of right in the mix, and Auburn a little bit as well. And so a lot of people down here, I think, are 
excited because this just makes the SEC stronger, which is obviously, we know, the best football conference in, in all of college football and, and in baseball. We saw it as well this past College World Series, which we talked about last time. And um, and so people are in that aspect. But I, I've also heard from some people that are a little bit nervous that this is going to be the first step into ruining college football the way that it has been and the way that, it, that it's kind of always been, that we're going to see a lot of these super conferences and you know, maybe they just take the best, you know, 30 teams and that be, you know, the, the, you know, quote unquote division one and, you know, top football teams. And they are the only ones that really get a chance to compete for a playoff on a given year, which I think would not be good for. And then there are on the other contingency of, of specifically Vol fans who are shaking in their boots right now, because, you know, with 14 teams, it was hard enough for them to win games. And now you add in OU in Texas and, they're like, oh, bleep, this is, this is not good for us. Like, Jerry, you know, uh, Josh Heupel, we need you to come in here and, and be our savior. And, and really, yes, we know you have an exciting offense, but we need you to recruit some defensive players and some other high-level offensive players and turn this thing around quick, fast, and in a hurry. Because I'll tell you what, Scott, I, I don't believe that OU and Texas are going to take – it's not going to take them till 2025 to get to the SEC. I think by hell or by high water, at some point, they're going to find their way – to the SEC before then. Yeah, it'll be sooner than that, no doubt. I agree with you there. Yeah. Texas opening up their season, hosting team that finished 15th in the country last year. Louisiana's Raging right. Cajuns. Billy Napier, one of the bigger college coaching names uh, in college football. And has stayed put um, here for another season at UL. I know that uh, over in Chattanooga, they probably you know aren't talking much about uh, Louisiana's Raging Cajuns, but they happen to get an upset in that first game. My guess is you might get a couple of calls of, "Gee, tell us about this team you used to cover." Oh yeah, oh I'm sure they will. And um, I, I mention them whenever I get an opportunity. And I'll I'll tell you what I'm looking at my Billy Napier bobblehead right now that I may or may not have taken uh, guys' night outs uh, that's on my you know TV stand. So. I'm always with uh, up uh, with, with my Billy Napier stuff, and I, I keep you know tabs on the Raging Cajuns and looking forward to that opening game against Texas. And would it surprise me at all if this team shocked Texas? Not at all. I don't think it would be that big of an upset because, as you said, this program over the last couple of years has been better than Texas. So they just got to keep going. They got Levi Lewis back for another season. I know they have a great stable of young running backs there, and. You know, um, it, it, it's it's going to be exciting. Their defense has been good. I saw Braylon Trahan is is on some sort of a watch list as one of the best defensive backs in the country. So it's going to be really good. And I'm excited to continue to keep tabs on the Raging Cajuns for sure. Texas right now is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite against Louisiana, who opened up last season hmm. beating Iowa State. Iowa State uh, right. maybe Texas last year, it's worth noting. But it's a whole new season, and we get college football Really soon. G-Man, um, I've kept you long enough this morning. I need to let you go, brother. But it's been great catching up and great chatting sports. Anything else you need to ask or touch on before we let you go, Mr. Falco? Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay. Well, I, I, I guess if, if the Packers somehow lose to uh, <laughs> to the Saints in week one, I'll send you a nice Shane Falco jersey. How about that? Oh, Lord. Uh, this is I was supposed <laughs> to be something that uh, I don't know, man. I might. I just have to wear it ironically, I guess. And a, and a copy of of the, one of the best sports movies ever made. What? 
Major League? The replacements. Oh, the replacements. Yeah, I'll, see, I'll send you, know, you, I'll send you a copy stop. of the replacements also. Stop this. What is it, an old VHS copy? <laughs> Jeez, no, it's actually, I have a DVD copy. I'll, I'll, how about still, I'll digitally buy it for you? You still watch that? Oh, no, no, save yourself. Save yourself. <laughs> uh, well, man, is... no, look, it was, it, it was great to catch up with you. I always enjoy talking to you. I'm always excited when you, uh, when you send me a text and, and ask me to come on these airwaves because I, uh, I always love coming on ESPN 1420 with you, and I miss everybody down there and, and the whole Town Square Media family and specifically Norm and going back and forth with him and, I miss his ridiculous takes and just trying to be the troll villain that he always is. And uh, he was he was still trolling me on on Instagram, every, you know, all over the place in terms of the Aaron Rodgers stuff. And I told him I was like, "Look, relax, man. I'm not nervous about it at all." And then two, you know, about two days later, he came was back in training camp, and I had to tell him about it. So, you know, he just he got to go worry about his Cowboys because uh, you know they might be in trouble for that division with Washington. Uh, I think is sort of that sleeper team that could could beat them this year well if washington's going to do that you better give them a shot or a couple or many um yeah on that note uh greg's twitter handle is at g underscore espn chat that's chat with two t or espn chat man it's been great brother appreciate the time and uh i'm sure we'll be talking after week one of the nfl season about that saints pack no doubt Looking forward no to doubt. it, man. Looking forward to it. Maybe I'll have you on beforehand, and we can we can chop it up beforehand. Yeah, just don't ask me to place anything on it. No bets. <laughs> I try to place bets. I can win. I don't know. We'll see what yeah, the spread I, is. I we'll see what the spread is at that point. Okay. All right. All right, man. Appreciate we'll it, brother. Today. I'll talk to you soon, all right? Later. All right. That is Greg Larnard. I am Scott Prather. Hour number two of the Great Scott Show coming up next. NBA free agent frenzy continuing. Is Miami tampering? Yeah, probably a little. Is anybody going to do anything about it? Nah. We're going to dig into that. Open up phone line 1077. Don't go anywhere. Great Scott Show continues right after this.